back, listeners, to another episode of The Night Reader, with your host, Partagatas. This episode, we're going to be covering spiders. I got some fun articles to go over with you, some facts, and a little bit of history. And then in conclusion, I'll read you a tale that might make your hair stand on end. So, let's dive in, shall we? Today's episode is brought to you by the word spinnerets. Any number of different organs through which the silk gossamer or thread of spiders, silkworms, and other certain insects is produced. In the production of man-made fibers, a cap or plate with a number of small holes through which a fiber-forming solution is forced. The word arachnid is derived from the Greek word arachne, meaning spider. Arachne brings us to our first article from GreekMythology.com. Arachne in Greek mythology was a weaver who challenged Athena and consequently transformed into a spider. There are three versions of this myth. I thought we'd go over all three of them. My favorite is the first one. In the first version, it has it that she was a shepherd's daughter and was particularly skilled at weaving. Boasting about her skill, she infuriated Athena, who appeared and contested her. Athena weaved four scenes in which the gods punished those humans that considered themselves equal to gods and committed hubris. Arachne, on the other hand, weaved scenes in which the gods abused humans. Arachne's work was clearly better than Athena's. The goddess was even more enraged at what the weavings depicted. So she threw Hecate's potion into Arachne, transforming her into a spider and condemning her to weave for all eternity. In a different version, at the challenge, Athena weaved a contest between herself and Poseidon over who would be the patron saint of Athens. While Arachne did a depiction of Zeus's advances of various mortal women, Athena realized how skilled she was and wanted to teach her to be more humble and respect the gods. Touching Arachne's forehead, the woman was filled with shame and she hung herself. Athena brought her back to life and turned her into a spider in order to let her weave for all time. In the third and final version, Zeus was the judge of the contest between Arachne and Athena. Whoever lost would not be allowed to touch a spindle or loom again. Athena won this version, and Arachne was devastated that she could no longer weave. Out of pity, Athena transformed her into a spider so she could continue weaving without breaking her oath. Tell me, which version is your favorite? Greek mythology has always captivated me ever since I was a small child. They have such a gift for storytelling. But before we start our story... I scoured the web to try to find some cool facts about spiders. 
Go ahead and visit the notes if you'd like to see the articles that I pulled from. Here are 18 facts about spiders you may or may not want to know. Number one. A few years ago, Australian residents reported seeing millions of spiders seemingly falling from the sky. That wasn't the first time spider rain happened, nor will it be the last. Rick Vetter, a retired arachnologist, explained that this rain is actually just one of the methods spiders use to get around. Ballooning is not uncommon behavior for many spiders, he told Life Science. They climb some high area and stick their butts up in the air and release silk. Then, they just take off. This is going on around us all the time. Typically, spiders balloon separately. But in certain weather conditions, a large bunch of them will make their move all at once, thus creating spider rain. Number two. One species of spider has impeccable hearing, even without ears. Evidently, you don't need ears to be able to hear. One species of jumping spider uses specialized hairs that detect particle movement. As a result, they can hear from at least 10 feet away, according to one study published in Current Biology. This is just one of the arachnids' many strengths. The creepy crawler also has superb sight, vibration perception, and the ability to jump 50 times its body's length. Number three. We've all heard that female red widows often cannibalize their male partners. But did you know that it's not uncommon for the male red widow to force feed himself to his female partner by placing himself into her mandibles? Number four, tarantulas might look soft to the touch. 90% of the New World tarantulas, or those found in North and South America, have several different types of hairs, which can become embedded in your skin when the spider feels threatened. I actually knew someone who had a pet tarantula that got sprayed in the face with their hairs. They said it was very, very unpleasant. Thank you. Number five. People who are afraid of spiders tend to over-exaggerate their size. When researchers from Ben Gurion University analyzed individuals' size perception of various animals both loved and loathed, they found that highly fearful participants overestimated the size of the spider. The study showed that emotions, and more specifically, fear, can influence a person's perception of relatively objective traits, like size. As if being afraid of spiders isn't bad enough, now you're also growing them in your mind. Number six. Cockroaches and mice aren't the only creepy critters you have to worry about in the big city. Per one Australian study, certain types of spiders 
are not only more abundant in urban spaces, but they also tend to grow bigger in highly populated areas with hard concrete surfaces and little vegetation. Number seven. Most spiders are solitary, but some spiders prefer to travel in groups. Certain species are much more social, and they prefer to form giant colonies with giant communal webs. Number eight. There is a species of spider that makes a purring sound to serenade its mate. If you are in the right place at the right time, or the wrong place at the wrong time, depending on how you look at it, you might just hear a slight purr coming from the Gladiosca gluosa. This species of spider uses vibrations to court its mate. And while they can't actually hear anything, the vibrations produce a soft purring sound that can be heard by humans. Lucky us. Number nine. A black widow's venom is 15 times more forceful than that of a rattlesnake. This makes the black widow the most dangerous spider in North America. Thankfully, most people who are bitten only experience things like muscle aches and nausea rather than death. Number 10. The world's largest spider has legs that are almost as long as a subway foot-long sandwich. In April 1965, researchers on an expedition to Rio Cargo, Venezuela, came across what ended up being deemed the world's largest spider. The male goliath bird-eating spider, or Therophosa blondi, had massively long legs that were measured to be 28 centimeters, just one inch shy of that $5 foot long. Number 11. According to Life Science, nearly 40,000 types of spiders currently roam the earth. It is believed that there are just as many species waiting to be discovered. Number 12. Spiders can't digest solid food. So, once they've captured their prey, spiders spit digestive enzymes into their catch and wait until it's liquefied enough to be sucked up like a bug smoothie. Yummy. Number 13. When Swiss researchers set out to figure out exactly how much spiders consume, they determined that any given year, all of the spiders in the world consume anywhere from 400 million to 800 million tons of prey. For comparison, the total world's population eats approximately 400 million tons of meat and fish every year. Considering how small spiders are, that's no itsy-bitsy feat. But really, spiders are practically insatiable. On average, the typical spider consumes 10% of its body weight in food daily. If a 200-pound man were to do this, he'd be consuming 20 pounds of food every day. So don't forget to thank your local spider for eating all those other creepy crawlies. Number 14. 
When spiders are done with their webs, usually after a few days, they will eat the spun silk in order to replenish their supply for their next web. Number 15. In an effort to court their love interests, male spiders often give their female comrades gifts of dead insects wrapped in a silky web. Actually, a more accurate depiction of these offerings would be ransom payments, because spiders who ended up with an ungenerous partner were six times more likely to eat them after mating, according to one biology letter study. Sounds like some girls I know. Number 16. All spiders are venomous. But only approximately 25 types of spiders are known to have venom with any sort of effect on humans. The rest simply use their poisons on their prey. Number 17. The world's oldest known spider died after living for 43 years. It was a female trapador spider called number 16. Number 16 didn't die of old age though, but rather from a wasp sting. And finally, number 18. According to Talkspace, arachnophobia is number six on the common phobias. Most commonly, this fear is linked to an evolutionary response against these creatures, many of which are poisonous. So now that we're armed with facts on spiders and the history of the word arachnid, it's time to begin our tale. Our tale is brought to you by the 13 shadows from reddit.com. The title of the story is My Friends, the Spiders. I remember the first time I saw my friends. They were huge, with eight legs that skittered down the floor. The sound always sent my hairs on edge each strand of midnight black keratin attempting to claw itself out of my skin. Their eyes were beady and small, eight in number. They all had a distinctive glint to them, unobstructed by the darkness that surrounded their white orbs. They were black and hairy. I still get shivers down my spine when I recall the time I first touched them. I had been shivering violently in my bed. The blankets were taken by my younger siblings to their room, leaving me alone for what felt like an eternity. I was only eight at the time. They sensed my sorrow as I wept while my parents fought outside savagely. The screams echoed down the hall and I could faintly hear the sound of plates shattering on the floor of our barely livable home. A place of wintry darkness and savage and yielding cold. They climbed down, each vibration of their silken web sending stabs of primal fear through my thundering heart. Blood gushed through my body as adrenaline filled my veins, enough to paralyze me so greatly that I could not muster the strength to even whimper. 
let alone run or scream. I remember feeling myself shrink in the presence of those giant abominations. Huge, both in size and number. Every single hair on my head rose to a staggering height when they first approached. I wanted to shake my head, but I was afraid that the slightest movement would trigger something. So I lay there, pathetic and afraid. But they did not want to hurt me. They brushed up against me, and I heard a bizarre sound, which reminded me of a drum, but higher pitch and more resonant. It seemed to follow some kind of rhythm, and they were dancing around me. Some skittered towards me, their huge, spindly legs creating soft noises as they advanced like predators preparing to pounce. But they only wanted to protect me. That much I realized shortly after they began to climb into my skin. Their soft, scarce hair warmed me, sending me into a fit of ticklish laughter as I fought hard to contain it. My pulse slowed, and I slowly allowed the drumming beat to soothe me to sleep. They were not there when I woke up, which is why I disregarded my experience as a comforting dream. Just a dream. That is, until I saw my friends again. They were hiding, but I always caught a glimpse in my periphery. A shadow when I was alone. A blur of black that sped away on sight. They scared me that much I'll admit. At first, I feared the spiders, but later on, I began to slowly understand. The truth gradually solidified in my mind. The spiders were my friends. They protected me, and I would protect them. Sometimes my mother would find their webs. They're colossal things measuring well over a few meters. She would constantly crash into them, silvery, translucent strands catching themselves in her hair and across her pale skin. She would screech, black, curly hairs infested with intricate designs and patterns. Sometimes they even got in her eye. It was not a nice sight. She was tall like me. And that was the only thing that I inherited from her. It was one of the things that made it much harder for her, especially to avoid such traps. She would contact exterminators, and every time I would find a way to save my friends. Breaking canisters, pouring water into delicate machinery, anything to save my friends from their fate. Soon the company stopped answering her calls entirely. It seemed like every trip to our house was doomed to end in disaster. I was happy, for my friends were safe and sound. That's all that mattered to me. I was a lonely kid. No one wanted to play, or talk, or even touch me. But I was fine with that. I had my friends already. The spiders were the only things I needed. I remember the day they first showed me the true 
extent of what they could do, would do for me. It was a particularly terrible day. I had failed a test in seventh grade and my mother began lashing out at me. She began to scold me. I remember crying, both in shame and sadness. I'd also scraped my knee while playing that day. And it burned as if swarms of bullet ants had bitten into my skin, drawing blood. That night, the spiders were there again. They came to me as I cried and cried. They warmed me, and I barely noticed they began to spin their webs around my skin. The stinging began to cool down. The burning faded and vanished entirely. Only when I woke up did I notice the webs. They had used their webs to stitch my wounds shut, and I realized with a start that the cut was nearly healed. In the span of a few short hours, the webs had sealed up all of my external injuries and quelled the bleeding. My mother vanished afterwards. A whole search party was led to find her, consisting of several of my father's friends and their spouses, along with a few of their children. But they never found her. The only thing that they could recover was her watch, stained with blood and soft white silk. I was saddened, of course. Me and my mother fought often, but we always made up afterwards, and I did truly love her. It felt like a blow to my heart, but I knew my friends were only trying to protect me. That was not the only time the spiders had turned into monsters to save me. And it was on another occasion that I saw what had happened to my mother. It was a stormy night, and a fog rolled past our quiet, obscured home. To add to that, it was dark beyond measure, the drops of rain trampling the earth wherever it fell. Thunder and lightning filled the sky with their glorious battle, ripping the heavens apart. I awoke with a start. The downstairs window had shattered. There were not many trees near my house, and the wind, howling may it be, did not have the strength necessary to uproot a tree enough to send it crashing into our neck of woods. That only left my 15-year-old mind to one conclusion. Someone had just snuck into our house. My siblings and my father had both driven off to meet a family friend. I was all alone, being sick and scrawny. My eyes widened and I realized what would happen next. I saw the rippling of darkness as lightning illuminated the writhing shadows. The spiders were already preparing their assault. I sped down, cautious of where I stepped as to not accidentally squash one of my friends. I felt dizzy for some unknown reason and my vision blurred at times. Wide-eyed and still half asleep, I watched in horror. What I saw next was so gruesome, the images forever carved into my mind. It was a man smiling manically. His eyes were wide and his teeth were pearly white, clean and clearly visible in his face. It was as if his skin had been ripped open to allow such an unnerving expression. 
It terrified me to see it. He rushed toward me, brandishing a gleaming knife when he stopped. His eyes widened, and in an abrupt flash of lightning, I finally saw his smile fade. He turned, and I scrambled to escape, but the spiders had already surrounded him. He tripped, and they skittered away as he fell before clawing at him with their sharp, bony legs. Blood splattered all over my body, but I barely registered as they opened their pincers. Drops of scalding hot venom trickled into the man's skin, hissing like a chemical burn. They made quick work of him, each spider stealing a piece of flesh from his body until all that was left were splinters of bone and a bloody knife. I felt weak in my knees and my legs buckled over. I fainted and woke up the next day. I never told anyone what had happened. Who would believe me? Besides, the spiders only did it because the man was about to hurt me. I knew that if they had not been there, I would have died. I owed them for that at least. The reason I'm writing this now is because, well, I'm scared. Freaked out even. My heart is thundering like so many years ago and I fear what is going to happen next. I am now 21 years old. And a few days ago, the spiders led me to an old, dilapidated mansion. I at first did not know why they were taking me there, but they had never hurt me before. Why would they do it now? I trusted them. They were my friends, after all. I followed my friends into the woods. It was a sprawling forest that stretched for miles before I finally found the coveted prize. A mansion. The paint peeling off like skin. The grass was overgrown beyond measure, and the sky was overcast with gloomy shadows over it. I heard the spiders skittering past, but faster. It seemed they were nervous of something, but I had no idea what. I reached out to reassure one particularly unnerved friend, but it recoiled, as if struck. I wonder now if they were just worried about what was to come next or truly remorseful about it. I personally believe the former, despite my yearning for the latter to be true. I still weep at the betrayal, and it created a gaping void in my heart nothing can fill. I was confused at first. My mind was a foggy mess. I had been sick for a while now, the doctor said it was some rare genetic disease that I had likely inherited from both of my parents. Though I can never recall any of my parents or extended family experiencing anything like my own symptoms. It was the only reasonable explanation. My stomach was so bloated and I feared it would burst. I realize now how foolish I was. So naive. It was my foolishness that brought me into this terrifying mess. I turned around to leave, a bit creeped out by the surroundings, only to nearly walk into a thick mess of webs that all strung together. I was confused and then scared. I looked around to see the spiders, they were all staring at me, unmoving. 
I walked towards them when suddenly I fell. My hair reached the ground first and I fell into something wet. They had spilled something all over the floor. Something slippery. I fell unconscious on the spot. When I woke up, I was inside one of their webs. I had spent enough time around these to know that these particular spiders had a web that held a deceptively huge amount of tensile strength. Enough to make any bridge's support green with envy. Their webs, once spun, could easily hold many tons of pressure without snapping, and could easily survive any effort on my end to escape. I looked down and barely fought the urge to scream as I realized what was happening to me. They had somehow put me into a kind of state where I could feel no pain and was so not conscious of the gaping wound that housed millions of tiny spiders that crawled down my legs and thousands of tiny swarms. I had never seen their young before. I never wondered why. But now, I knew the truth. They were never protecting me. They were protecting their young. Memories and images flashed across my mind. I remember the day my illness began. That day. A few weeks before my mother's disappearance. The spiders had dispersed. But there was a plate of food on the door. Sometimes, my mother would leave plates of food for me when she left. As an olive branch of sorts, after a particularly bad row that often involved me going to my room in a rage. It was childish. We fought over my curfew and other silly little things. Feeling a bit bad about fighting over such trivial thing, I ate it. I barely managed to stomach the mouthful before putting it away. It tasted strange. That was when I noticed the translucent orbs that were hidden in the food. Tiny, soft orbs that seemed to have something inside of them. I was unsettled, and for a moment even considered that the spiders might have something to do with it. Of course, I was right. But in my naive mind, I thought the spiders were only there to protect me. It had been a conclusion solidified in my mind decades ago, and so I did not question it. I threw the remainder of food out, and began my day. <laughs> I chuckle at my stupidity in my final moments. Somehow, I'm not dead yet. I do not know how, but I have a suspicion. They stitched my wound up with their web and and it's healed entirely, with only a narrow scar to show for it. The reason I am posting this is because I'm still trapped. I managed to squirm enough for my phone to land in my hand, and I'm now typing using voice controls. Modern science really is the best. I am typing this as a warning. The spiders have many more mouths to feed. And the deer in the woods do not seem to be cutting it for them anymore. 
they have even resorted to cannibalism. But I know there is a reason they kept me alive. I know that it is a reason why more than a few are stopping by my room, halting to stare at me with those predatory eyes. I know I will die soon. I'm terrified of what is coming next. So I leave this warning to you. Never trust the spiders. And with that, we have now reached the end of another episode. Please be sure to subscribe and check out the author on reddit.com, The Thirteen Shadows. It is now the witching hour and it's time to put the stories away. Until next time. <laughs>